This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket. Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the Utah Jazz with a much more respectable performance. Obviously, they had struggled against both Chicago and also Orlando. Um, so it was very important for the Raptors to bounce back, and they did that. They scored 122 points on 55% shooting as a team and beat the Jazz by a score of 122 to 116 at home. Um, they're going to head back out on the road against San Antonio. That's going to be probably one of the most anticipated games of the season. Uh, Kawhi obviously returning to the place he won them a championship, was finals MVP, and they're going to boo the man soon. So, you know, that's that. But um, in preparation for that game, Kawhi looked real sharp today. 45 points. Uh, that's a career high. Uh, his previous career high in the regular season was 41. That came against LeBron and the Cavaliers. Uh, and then the other career high he had, which was in the playoffs, he achieved that with 40, 43 points. But today, 45 points. In 35 minutes, didn't even hit a single three-pointer, which really is incredible. Um, you know, he did that with 16 twos and 13 ones. You know, he got the free throw line for 17 free throws. Two of those were intentional at the end of the game. But still, I mean, Kawhi was just like, I'm just watching the game at home. I'm chilling. I'm cooking while I'm, while I'm uh, you know, watching the game, trying to write down some notes. And, like, honestly, like... Man, the third quarter when he had 19 points and shot 7 of 7, I'm just sitting there laughing watching him shoot these shots. I mean, the variety, the way, the way he's scoring these shots, man. Like, I don't want it to be hyperbole. Obviously, Michael Jordan is not to be compared with anybody. You know, like, let's just let Mike stand on his own. Obviously, you know, uh, the greatest player of all time. I mean, we'll see what happens when LeBron's done. But still, in terms of stylistically, in terms of the type of plays and the type of ways that Kawhi scores... It's, it's really MJS, man. I mean, like, the way he drives to the basket, obviously he's not dunking like MJ, but the way he's able to finish the craft, the way he's able to hang in the air. I mean, there's one play in the fourth quarter where Gobert challenges, and Gobert is, like, one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best defender. Um, you know, he he gets up there, two hands up in the air. He's got, like, a, I don't know, like a crazy standing reach. Um and there's just nobody that I've never seen that really is able to take that ball, elevate in the air, and then go reverse around the two arms and the contest, and then still finish. And not even go off the glass, but just spin the ball back into the rim. Like, I don't know how you do that. You got to put so much spin, and you got to shoot that ball really strongly, um, You know, as Leo pointed out on the broadcast. Because, like, yeah, yeah okay, if you go reverse, okay, you bank it off the glass, you put it to spin, it's not too hard. But for him to just, like... I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know who else in the NBA could do that. Like, in, in terms of just hanging him there and, like, out-jumping Gobert. And that was just one of his impressive finishes on the night. There's also one play where he took on Royce O'Neal and his Paul George-looking ass and, like, you know, crossed him up. 
you know, O'Neal played pretty good defense, jumped. It was the end of the shot clock. Um, you know, he jumped. He stayed close to Kawhi in the mid-range. Uh, and Kawhi just faked him out in the air, kept his feet set, uh, and then stepped through and hit the short jumper. I mean, he has such good balance on some of these shots. It's incredible. Uh, and obviously, his determination going to the basket. It was actually really funny because in the first half, the Raptors were getting just absolutely shelled uh, in terms of calls, um, you know, Kawhi was really upset because there's one play where on one end, Joe Ingles grabs his arm, no call. On the other end, there's like a like a ticky-tack bump, like just like regular, like a guy's trying to drive, and then like, you know, you just like shade your feet, and like whatever, you can call that almost on any possession, but Tony Brothers, uh, and you know, in his whiskash looking at us, but um, yeah, he calls a foul, Kawhi is very pissed, um, you know, he... <laughs> And then, this is what I preach about Nick Nurse. You know, it's not an easy job. He kind of just has to basically uh, kiss Kawhi's feet. And so, he calls timeout at a very strange time in the second quarter. It wasn't like anything was going on. Anything else was going on, really. But he specifically calls timeout so that he could then argue to the official. I mean, um, you know, if that's not recruiting, I don't know what is. But, uh, you know, good job by Nick. And also, I think it was impactful because in the second half, Foul situation completely changed. The Jazz got called for a lot of fouls. I think it was like a 17-8 to 8 disparity at one point in favor of the Raptors in the second half. I mean, the Jazz were really frustrated. A lot of late calls, too, really, um, you know, helped uh, sort of, you know, fuel their anger. But, I mean, hey, look, the way Pascal, the way Kawhi were driving to the rim, I mean, like, yeah, there was a lot of free throws there. And, you know, they basically just couldn't guard Kawhi. And I think, look, the Jazz are very... Um, smart in the way they defend, right? They have Gobert at the rim, which is usually a huge deterrent, although today not so much. Um, and, you know, they kind of basically say Gobert is going to be at the rim. He's going to block everything there. And, you know, their guards are long, and they're going to chase him off the three-point line, and they're going to see if he can beat him with mid-range shots, and they're going to guard one-on-one. The issue with that is you run into guys like Kawhi, who are so good in the mid-range, they're more than happy to step into the mid-range. They're very efficient from the mid-range. Look at Kawhi today. Um... And so, if you chase him on the three-point line, that's fine. Kawhi only had three three-point attempts, but he was very efficient on his twos. Um, and then, you know, when they did bring Gobert and Favors or whoever was guarding in the paint, but basically just those two, you know, when they did bring them higher, Kawhi has to handle to keep going and finish. I mean, his handle today, a lot of times he was getting pressured, bumped, whatever, by Go, um, Gobert, by Ingles, by Jay Crowder, Bossman88, who had a great game today. Oh, my God, Bossman, I was crazy. But, um... Yeah, Kawhi just kept his dribble alive, you know, got to the rim, finished. It was it was such an impressive performance, uh, 45. Got MVP chance at the end. A very strange decision by uh, by Herbie to um, shush the free throw. I mean, first of all, I never, ever liked that in the first place. Like, it kind of just almost, it's more unnerving for the whole crowd to randomly be quiet um, than, you know, for them to be cheering, especially if it's a home crowd. Like, why are you... I don't understand. I mean, maybe the players ask Kirby to tell him to shush. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it was especially strange in the fourth quarter where the, Kawhi's closing out the game. Their fans are chanting MVP like they should. And Herbie, like, shushes them. Like, who shushes MVP chants? What are you doing? But, um, yeah, I mean, Kawhi was great, man. Really, really deserved. And, you know, his career high actually overshadows the fact that Pascal also achieved the career high. Although... I mean, with these career highs for Pascal, I mean, I've said that like four or five times on this podcast because, like, he keeps achieving new career highs for, like, 22 points, and it was, like, 26 points a couple times, and now it's 28. So, cool. A new career high for Pascal as well. 
Um, obviously, he's going to keep breaking that as he continues to flourish and blossom. And, uh, you know, everything else in the in-between game and stuff like that, he was great. You know, he hit his free throws. But the one thing is the three-point shots. He hit three or four overall in the night. Uh, all three came in the third quarter. Hit one from the wing where it was kind of a broken possession. You know, he got the ball up top. And defenses are like going under, you know, surge. It wasn't even really uh, a pick and roll situation. It was just sort of like the, the Raptors are kind of sorting out their offense and the Jets sorting out their defense. And Pascal just looked at the shot and was like, yep, I could shoot this. Swishes it, no issues. And then he had a, uh, a right corner three off a dish from Van Vliet. Uh, he switched that. And then later in the quarter, he had a left corner three and he switched that. And, you know, this is something that Pascal talked about on his uh, podcast uh, appearance on the low post with Zach Lowe. Um, great, great episode. Uh, I just thought that, you know, Zach's a great interviewer. And also the fact that Pascal was just a great person to interview. Um, he's just really energetic and was really open, talked a lot about his life and, you know, the status on the team. He's got a great story, everything like that. So listen to that podcast, but well, at least after this one. Um, but yeah, in that podcast, one thing that stuck, st- uh, stood out to me was just so much like Pascal was open and transparent about how he's improved his three. Uh, and a lot of athletes just kind of be like, well, you know, it's a lot of hard work, repetition in the gym, blah, 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 blah. And that's true, but it's not very, you know, from a media perspective, it's just not very interesting. There's not a hook there, but Pascal really went into depth about how, you know, he's uh, really improved his footwork um, so that his shot preparation is a lot better. And you can see that now. There used to be a lot of moving parts with Pascal when he shot a shot. Um, you know, he's got his elbow in, and so he's got the ball on the same side of the body um, before it's sort of moving around. And also his release point is a lot higher and a lot more consistent. It's the same spot uh, every single shot. And that's something that he also struggled with in previously. And so... You know, he talked about all that in the podcast, and it was fun to see him to go out the next day and then come out and, uh, you know, as part of a 44-point third quarter where the Raptors pulled away. Kawhi was great in that stretch. Pascal was also great in that stretch. And, um, yeah, it was just a feel-good game overall. I mean, like, look, you know, this is preceded today by the news that Kyle Lowry got a back injection and saw a specialist in New York. Obviously, he's missed, a, you know, the last, like, three weeks now, basically, with the back issue. And it's, I mean, the Raptors have had a lot of troubles um, on the whole playing offense, you know, without Kyle. Obviously, today was an exception. But, um, you know, Kyle is obviously a very important player to this team. And it's just it's just a bummer, the fact that he, he's, you know, he's hurting like that. Although, apparently, he was also taking warm-up shots. And, you know, like, I don't know, like, he might be closer to his return. Who knows? Um, you would think that if he was motivated to play in Philly in front of family, then he'd be motivated to play in San Antonio in front of family in DeMar. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully he keeps his long-term health in mind. But uh, no Kyle, obviously no JV. JV usually is the one that has to take on that Gobert matchup. And Gobert was all right. I mean, he got 16 points and nine rebounds. You know, this is usual. But, you know, I thought Ibaka did a pretty good job overall uh, against Gobert and guarding that pick-and-roll action. And really, I mean... You know, the Raptors as a whole defended well. It's just strange that the Jazz got 116 free throw I mean, um, points. A lot of that came from the free throw line. They got a lot of uh, extra calls. Crowder really got uh, some bogey fouls early on, kicking his leg out to get three free throws and stuff like that. But, um, you know, a lot of that was also just second chance points. You know, that's probably the only negative from this game was um, Greg Monroe off the bench. He was really, really soft defensively on the inside. And he improved a lot in the second half. You know, had a couple of verticality challenges that were really good. Um, but in the first half, I mean, Chaz went at him every single time down. They either got Exum going to the rim for a layup, or Favors would collect the miss and put it back. And it was just like Monroe. You just had to do better on that, right? 
it's kind of the same thing with JV, except JV is able to thrive because he's able to use his body and be physical and really have a commanding presence, whereas Monroe is getting pushed around. So, um, you know, that's something you like to see improve. But, uh, I mean, this is a feel-good game overall, you know. Uh, I thought Norm had a really good game. Uh, he really, really continues to impress me. I've, I've talked about Norm a lot in this podcast since he's come back from injury, but 14 points, three rebounds, and assists, two blocks, six of 11 shooting in 22 minutes off the bench. I like his role as a secondary playmaker. I mean, most of the times he creates for himself because that's sort of his natural inclination. He's a scorer by nature. But um, today, I mean, he was very crafty uh, with the way he was scoring and the way he was going to the basket. Um you know, in the second quarter there, early on, he drives to the rim, has an inside-out dribble, freezes uh, favors, kind of gets him going the wrong way, and then, you know, frees himself up for the righty layup. Very, very smooth, very, um, you know, creative. And again, this is something that you just don't see from Powell because Powell in the past was, you know, not a very good finisher around the basket despite being very athletic because he would just rush his way to get there, fly in 100 miles per hour, and then throw up a layup that usually didn't go in. And he would barrel into the defenders, and he just kind of was kind of out of control. He was obviously very physically gifted, but just wasn't able to finish consistently. But, uh, you know, had that inside-out dribble, very crafty. Later on in that second quarter, um, drives at favors again, does a little hop step, you know, going away from the basket, almost Derrick Rose-like. And then he's able to uh, elevate and then raise the shot and, and bank it up over favors, which, again, that's not easy because, you know, Powell is like six, seven inches shorter. Um, but again, the fact that he was able to actually decide to, uh, gather himself, go up high with off the hop stuff was, you know, uh, again, showed a sign of maturation. And then later in the second half, I mean, he drove, uh, and then pulled out the Rajon Rondo ball fake, which I'm sure everyone knows, but if, for those who don't, uh, it's the one where you just sort of like extend your arm out and pretend like going for a layup, but then you spin and pivot and then you finish on the other side. And he completely faked Rudy Gobert out of his socks. I mean, it was um, just kind of shocking to see, really, because, you know, again, Powell's just not usually that crafty going to the basket. So it's nice to see Powell, do, you know, do what he did today. Uh, also had two threes. Um, and then the only other guy to highlight really is DeLon, right? DeLon. Um, you know, very modest, eight points, two steals. But uh, in the fourth quarter there, he really did come alive for the start of it. Um, you know, really aggressive going to the basket. A couple of makeable shots that he and he bricked. I mean, like a, a reverse layup wide open. And then he kind of like was kind of uh, upset at himself for missing that. But his aggression going to the basket was great. Um, you know, he had a little push floater for like a 13, 14-foot shot that you don't usually see from DeLon. But he definitely needs that mid-range game if he's going to succeed. Um, and you know, I, I just liked his mentality today. When Delon is aggressive going to the basket, it's good things are going to happen. He just doesn't do it so much because he's so shy. He's kind of, I don't want to call it soft, but like he just doesn't play with that kind of intensity. And so, you know, uh, to see Delon sort of take us, uh, just basically be assertive just for a couple minutes stretch. There. I mean, like, you know, even Nick Nurse liked it. That's why he gave him some fourth quarter minutes to close out the game with the starters because, you know, Delon deserved it. And so, Feel good game for the Raptors overall. Obviously, they needed this one to sort of, uh, you know, uh, gather themselves before going into a tough three-game stretch. They're going to play San Antonio, uh, Milwaukee, and then Indiana in the span of four days. And, um, you know, those are three tough games, especially with the Raptors shorthanded. And, uh, yeah, they needed this one. And it's good to see Kawhi do what he did. It's great to see what Pascal did what he did. Um, in terms of your three stars, Kawhi obviously number one, Pascal on any other night would be number one. Today he's number two. And then Norm gets my third star. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award, there is really only one candidate. It is J Bossman 99 Crowder, all caps. Um, 
30 points off the bench. What? And he was hitting some stupid threes, man. I mean, like, it was like Kevin Durant threes in the third quarter to kind of keep the Jazz within striking distance. And, you know, I'm actually kind of grateful the Jazz kept it close because that allowed Kawhi to get to his career high. But still, I mean, oh, man, Jay Crowder was killing it, man. He really was. He got some, again, like I said, some janky free throws early on, but uh, really sustained his effort. It was really decisive. And uh, I, maybe this is setting the bar too low, but, like, I'd like to see OG follow that kind of Jay Crowder trajectory. You know, like, Jay Crowder's not a really... Um, what would I? How would I describe Jay Crowder? I mean, like he kind of just gambles a little bit, but he's like a smart vet that knows how to gamble and then knows how to use his physical um, size to sort of um, his advantage, and then also take opportunistic threes and be an opportunistic score on offense. And again, this might be putting the ceiling too low on OG, but in the media, in the short term run, just like you know, look at Crowder, like because there's a lot of similarities there. Now OG is a lot more athletic than Crowder. Uh, but also I would argue that Crowder is more agile and more coordinated, uh, than OG is, but regardless, like that's the template and, you know, I would love to see OG have a 30 point game like this. So great game from Crowder and overall really entertaining game. The Raptors now will go into San Antonio where again, their fans are going to boo the finals MVP who won them their last championship. Obviously there are a lot of circumstances that led to the booing. Um, but, uh, that's going to be an intense game. I'm going to be back to recap that one. And uh, for now, thank you to everyone for listening and uh, sharing all my work. Uh, I apologize. There was a year-end review podcast where me and Joe Wolfon, podcast favorite Joe Wolfon, on the Raptors Weekly Podcast, we went through the top Raptors moments of 2018. There's a lot of them. I created a list. It took me like a half an hour to basically think about all these things. And then the Skype recorder crapped out on me, and so I don't have any of that file. I'm very sorry. And, you know, this was also New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day, so it's hard to coordinate and get people to re-record things. But, um, yeah, I apologize for the fact that there has been no weekly podcast for this past two weeks. I'm going to try to see if I can fit some time in on Thursday or Friday to get another one out. Um, But if not, the Reaction Podcast is going to be there, and then the weekly podcast will be back next Monday for sure. So, again, thanks everyone for listening. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. It's a great way to start it. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back after the Spurs game.